0: Welcome to the Courage Cast. My name is Andrea Crisp and I am so glad that you are here. You know, over the past few weeks, as we have begun season three, I have been able to connect with so many new people and I am loving it. So, whether you have connected with me over Instagram or sent me an email, thank you so much. I love to know who you are, who is listening and really get to know what's going on in your life. So if you haven't already, follow me on Instagram at at Miss Crispy or at The Courage Cast. Now there's a dot in there, so you're gonna have to take a look for me, but it's at the dot Courage Cast. And let's get connected with one another. Today's episode is absolutely going to be transformational in your life. And the reason I can confidently say that is because as I've begun the editing process, I've had to take time to stop and journal my own thoughts and feelings. And I know if I'm doing that, then it's going to give you the same opportunity. So I hope you're ready to really take a look inward at who you are, at how you perceive yourself. You know, we are not only a body, we are mind, body, and spirit. And having confidence in ourselves is a holistic thing. And so today, I'm talking to Tanya Kolesnik all about body confidence and it's something that I've wanted to do for a while and she is the perfect guest to be on today's episode. You're gonna love what she has to say and I really believe that you're gonna have some thoughts to add to the conversation as well. So please connect with me and let me know what you think because I wanna know how you see yourself moving forward. Now before we get into the conversation, I wanna ask you one question. Are you loving yourself well? You're listening to The Courage Cast, a show to equip and empower women to live bravely.
1: Each week, we'll share coaching conversations and stories of women who are willing to face their fear and
0: pursue their purpose. Here's your host, life coach, author, and your secret weapon. Now, if you have listened to The Courage Cast for any length of time, You will know that I love Tanya Kolesnik. She is not only an amazing woman, but she is also an entrepreneur. She runs County Collective out of Prince Edward County. She's a blogger. She's a mom, and she is a social media influencer. And I absolutely adore this woman. I met her over a year ago, when I went into her shop at Prince Edward County and we connected immediately. And she was one of the first guests that I had on the Courage Cast. And her episode was wildly popular. And so I am thrilled that she's back. I'm thrilled that I get a chance to talk to her about body confidence. And you're going to love our conversation. And so without further ado, here is my conversation with Tanya. Tanya, I am so glad to have you back as a recurring guest on the Courage Cast. I'm so glad to have you to talk all about body confidence today. So, thanks for being a guest again on the Courage Cast.
1: Thank you for asking me again. This is a topic that I could go on and on about and when you reached out, I was so excited. So, I'm 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 so happy. Thank you.
0: You know, I think what really kind of got me started with wanting to talk about this with you was when you posted a photo of yourself on vacation, and it was months ago, and it really struck me. So I'm just going to kind of like pass that over to you. Tell me what you posted and kind of maybe the feedback you got from it.
1: So I turned 30 in February. And my goal for my 30th birthday was to put myself in a two-piece swimsuit, which I guess there's two sides of the road. There's women going like, oh, no big deal. like Two pieces are are awesome. Live your life. And then women that literally are like, ooh, like I could never imagine doing that. So I posted a photo of myself in a two-piece. And if we're speaking honestly, that's probably the first or second time in my life I've ever been in a two-piece. And I put it on Instagram thinking like, okay, good for you, Tanya. Like you did your thing, you're 30, congratulations. And then when I woke up that morning, not only was it my most liked post ever, but the comments and the outpouring of love and um, of real connection from women who follow me and who I follow was overwhelming. It was just so evident that this was a topic that people felt like they wanted to express themselves with and wanted to articulate, but they didn't have the right way of doing it. And opening myself up that way helped me so much just in those connections with those women.
0: It was amazing. Um I saw it. And first of all, you look beautiful. I love you. Bathing suit. It was, it, <laughs> I was like, wow, that bathing suit's is beautiful. And, um, <laughs> And I was so proud of you for doing it. I myself, a couple of years ago, bought my first two-piece, and I haven't worn it in a few years because I gained a little bit of weight, and so doesn't look the same as it did when I purchased it the first time. But um, I have never thought about posting myself in a bathing suit for people to see and forever. I
1: I or ever for any reason. Yeah, you know what. initially it was my goal for myself and I thought like okay you know I'm gonna do this who's around me nobody my husband my kids like what's going it's, it's not going to go anywhere who cares um but then Dustin my husband actually was like you know what let me take a p- picture of you let's document it because he's great and supportive and really um is a true partner in that sense so he took a nice photo of me and I thought you know what the real shackles and the real sort of diminishing feelings I have on my body is what people will perceive me as if I share them and it wasn't even the idea of people um, attacking my body or having a thought about my body because I go around all day every day people can see what I look like I'm not hiding anything but the idea of being comfortable enough with myself to share a photo like that was the real rebellion for me so Mm -hmm. I think that's what sparked what sparked it for me just saying You know what? I'm gonna share myself and I don't really care what anybody thinks about that relationship I have with myself. And that was the powerful part of that for me, not the two piece or my body or my midriff or anything like that.
0: Okay. So there's a couple of things, as soon as you've said that, that I just wanna go down a couple of trails. But first of all, the fact that you said something about we we feel like we're hiding something, but we're actually not. People see us every day. Yeah, totally. A perception that they can't actually see what we really look like
1: and and I mean those lines are a little bit blurred with the whole Instagram thing because you know a lot of people don't know me in in real life but I you know at this point in my life I laugh a little bit when people are worried about what they're wearing or how things make them look it's like totally you wear what's best for you you wear what you're most confident in so people have eyes you know we're not I'm never going to hide my shape from somebody. Even if I put myself in a tent, I mean, people can get a good gist of what's under the tent. So, really understanding that people can see you and it's okay to be seen is part of the journey.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, it's been interesting just in the past little bit. I have been thinking about that whole um, relationship with my body. And oh. I've been on this healing journey and it's been mind body spirit the mind part of it for me because i'm a coach and the spirit part because of my spiritual background has been the easier like, part mm-hmm. the part with my body um has been really like scary and difficult because i'm not really sure what to do about it i'm not sure like how to feel about it or should i have a relationship with my body or what is it feel like to, um, enjoy having this body? What are like, what are your thoughts about
1: all that? Um, I think in the past year, I would say it really kind of dawned on me that our bodies are our vessels. They are the way that we experience life. They are the way that we're able to connect with people that we're able to connect with our surroundings And you can't have the full experience of like an abundant and beautiful and expansive life if you're obsessed with the vessel. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like being a prisoner of your own body. And it's a true distraction from everything that's around you. Um, I also think that the more energy you start to feed into having thoughts about your body, it's a certain level of narcissism that is just, it, it never lets you out. So you're unable to be present. Um, your mind gets consumed with the topic. And it's such a slippery slope of really being confined by your body. And a lot of times we don't link our bodies with our minds. But if we kind of reframe that thinking to say, okay, if my mind is busy being obsessive about my body, then what am I missing out on beyond my body? You know, so kind of, associating that value system of quality of life and what we're able to do and accomplish and how we're able to serve has a lot to do with us bringing up our gaze and experiencing things beyond ourselves
0: so when you say you know having a relationship with your body but not really like dwelling on on it like not thinking about it are you saying like that we we should not think either negative or positive, or like, can you clarify that just a little bit? To me, well,
1: see, sometimes I, I trick myself into these things too. So having a really good relationship with my body for myself means that I'm unwavering in my self-worth on a physical level. And that sounds kind of counterproductive. And I understand that, there was a certain point where I started following all these kind of body positive activists and people that were showing themselves and that were really representing a different type of body on the internet. And I found so much connection in that. I looked at these women and they gave me power by looking back at my body and saying, Oh, I look like that. I'm valued. But at the end of the day, I also see flaws in that kind of, um, That gaining that kind of self-worth because anytime I tie my body to somebody else's body and the way they feel about their bodies I'm still kind of giving away my power for my own relationship with myself so what I started to do lately is to look for people and leaders and and just beautiful souls around me that I look at their relationship with themselves and that's what I want I I, I strive to be more like them in that way and not necessarily in what they look like or what they're portraying on the internet. What I'm craving is their relationship with themselves. I want that with my body.
0: The relationship that we have with ourselves will always be the most important relationship we have here on earth. And I can remember my mentor Jackie telling me that I am the only person that I'm going to spend the rest of my life with. And that stuck with me because I started to realize that I really needed to start liking myself and not just enduring who I was. Now, I think a lot of times what we do is we pick ourselves apart piece by piece. We do that by judging our actions what we say to others, what we say to ourselves, whether or not it's spoken or it's something we think. We judge ourselves by our performance, by our successes or our perceived failures, whether that be at work or in the relationships we have with those that are really close to us. And it's definitely happening when we consider our bodies. Tanya said something that really hit me hard and it actually made me pause and think about how I am tempted to compare myself to other women, whether it be in real life or on social media. And before I get to that, I want you to take a moment to think about how you compare yourself to other women. It could be that you're comparing what you do with what they are doing. Maybe you're comparing your lifestyle to theirs their travel, their homes, their cars, and what you perceive them to be doing. Maybe it's their income or how successful they've been in an industry that you really long to be in. Or maybe you're judging yourself against their wit or their humor. And of course, maybe you're comparing yourself to what they look like. No, what she said was that she longs to have the type of relationship with her body that other women have. And I just wanted to like shout out loud, do this happy dance because that made total sense to me. That's exactly what I want to do. I want to have the type of relationship with my body and with myself that really is a loving relationship where it's accepting of who I am in every shape. Now, instead of looking at what other women are projecting, look at the relationship they have with their bodies. Are they happy? Do they really truly love themselves? And in this next part of the conversation, Tanya and I go way back to our childhood, to our earliest memories of our bodies. Now, when you were probably your earliest memory of your body, and your thought about your body. Can you remember how old you were, what you thought?
1: I, I was thinking about this yesterday. I was gonna say that I was about seven. Um, the first time I kind of, it dawned on me <laughs> that I had a body and that I it compared to other people's bodies. And I started to mimic the women that I saw around me and in the media. I had a really big realization that my body had power And what my, like, oldest memory is about my body is watching women speak shamefully about their bodies as a point of connection. So whether it was at home with the women in my family or at school, being able to kind of commiserate with each other on our self-loathing was a way to have connection and relationships with other women around me.
0: Hmm. That makes sense. And I can actually, as, as you say that, I can hear my family members doing that. Mm-hmm.
1: And, and you're so Oh, it's such a thing. If a woman comes out of a change room, they look at themselves, they say one negative thing about themselves. The friend that's with them will then echo that, but about their own bodies, and then they'll make a decision or they'll go inside or they'll change and it's over. And it's this conditioning that is just so embedded
0: <laughs> and mm-hmm. it's so hard to watch. I remember being, um, well, pretty young, I would say maybe nine, eight or nine. And I remember having a family friend come over. Well, I mean, there's probably other instances around my body where I noticed my body, but I remember she said something she's like oh you have such a round face it's so beautiful but it's round and i was like what Uh, like what do uh, you mean round i don't even understand what that means uh, and and i think like she caught herself saying it but i for the rest like forever i mean even to this day i look in the mirror and i see a round face and i would not have even known My face was that at that age, or even known to look for it, and I think that was like my first thought of like, oh, I can measure my body, I can, and and I started to see the girls around me. You know, I'm I never really had a flat stomach even as a child, and and I remember thinking, how come all those girls have flat stomachs and I don't? And you know and as i've gotten older and older, you know like i'm like still don't have a flat stomach you know like exactly, and yeah and i was like and i it was just it was really the perception of what who i was and i think what ended up happening is i remember being in a bathing suit whether this is good or bad or whatever i don't know but i was in a bathing suit as a child and uh, i was nervous to be in front of people and so i put a t-shirt on And my mom told me to take my t-shirt off and I didn't want to take my t-shirt off. Now my mom struggled with her weight. So she, I think in her, in her mind was like wanting me to be confident about myself, but what it was doing, I was, you know, in shame already about it. And, right. and so it's been this really interesting, like dynamic because my mom ended up gaining a tremendous amount of weight over her life and then had surgery. and is now like mini, she's tiny, teeny, tiny. And, yeah. uh, and I still look the same, <laughs> you know, like, um, That's, uh, but it was so it's, interesting. It's one of those like family things where it's like, I am also seeing myself through how you see yourself.
1: And it's inevitable, right? Yeah. Like they're, they're doing the best they can with what they have. And it's almost that focus. Like I was saying before, it, it, she was trying to be positive. The focus was positive. Absolutely. You know, Andrea, take your t-shirt off. You don't need that t-shirt. But not understanding how many layers there are to these like shameful stories that we tell ourselves and how young that all starts that it really has to be ourselves telling ourselves what makes us comfortable and when and for what reasons. And it's hard when you're young and impressionable and people are trying to make you feel loved, but they are the worst examples of self-love for themselves, which, you know, kids watch, they don't listen, they watch. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. that makes total sense to me.
0: Now you have a daughter yeah. Well yeah, and a son. So like let's not pretend that he's not <laughs> seeing no what he looks like too. Totally. Right. Um so you've got kids and what are you doing or not doing to help them?
1: I you know what I I try not to overthink it, and I know that sounds really silly and maybe a little bit negligent, but we try to have experiences and build our self confidence outside of our bodies, and I don't mean without our bodies. Of course, we take our bodies. We say graceful, thankful things about our body while we're doing things, but um, the focus on any kind of vanity is is fun in our house, and we're trying to keep it that way. And you know, I'm I struggle with that myself because. You know, I I enjoy doing my makeup. I like putting clothes on. And I'm not hiding those parts of myself from my daughter or my son. But at the same time, I'm not linking anything to it either, which is what I'm very mindful about. My language around the topic has a lot to do with it being a source of mindfulness for me. Um, Doing my makeup and considering my body is a way to connect for me. And having them watch that part of it and being engaged in that part of it is the way that I'm trying to carve a good sense of self with both of mm,
0: that's good. And so when you're doing your makeup, it's more about, I enjoy this, this is something that brings me, you know, happiness. So it's not even about what I look like as much as the joy that I derive from this.
1: Exactly. And I never, you know, we we don't, I don't use the word pretty around her. I don't tell her to look at how pretty she is or how pretty I am. We focus on how glittery things are and how things feel and what we like to do and how we like to try things. And I mean, we're not sitting around doing our makeup all day, every day, but we try to do that in our lives anyway. So if we're doing art and we're doing self-portraits, we talk about, you know, the way we decided to draw things like that and how we feel about what we're looking at. And it has less to do about the physicality of what's happening.
0: So with all that, cause I know I've watched your makeup tutorials and I'm fascinated by them. because <laughs> I don't wear, I don't wear much makeup. So, um, but I am a hair person. I do like hair. Yeah. So yeah. I, I do You're great wear, hair, by the way. Thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, but how do you feel comfortable in your body like what is it that you do to make yourself or just to generally feel comfortable i hope you're enjoying the conversation so far but i would be remiss to not address something that i think is really important and that is how we perceive ourselves after childhood trauma And many of you may have gone through circumstances in your life that have caused you to see yourself in a way that is negative. Maybe it's spiritually, maybe it's emotionally, and perhaps it's physically. It really doesn't matter what you've gone through. It does matter how you perceive yourself. And I know the journey may be hard and it may be long, but I want to encourage you to continue to move forward and that you can have a loving relationship with yourself, mind, body and spirit. And before we get into the next part of the conversation, I wanted to take a moment to invite you to something really special this fall. This fall, I'm going to be taking a small group of women on a two day retreat where we are going to spend time uncovering those lies that we have believed about ourselves. And when you know the lie that you believe, then you can reestablish the truth in your life. And that is going to give you the freedom that you need to pursue your potential. And perhaps as you've been listening to this conversation, you have started to realize that there are many things about yourself that you have believed to be true. And I just want to tell you, my friend, that there is freedom on the other side of those perceptions. And what we're going to be doing is we're going to take time to really dive deep, ask those hard questions, and then you can have the freedom that you need to really move forward. Now we're also going to be joined by my friend Amanda, who is going to be cooking. She's our personal chef for the weekend, and you're not only going to love her cooking, but you're going to love her hospitality as well. We're staying in beautiful Prince Edward County in a home that you have an option to either have your own room or bring a friend and share a room, cut the cost, and really have that time to bond together. Now, if you want to know more about the retreat, the investment that it costs, then I would encourage you to go to my website, which is andreacrisp.ca, and take a look at all of the information for the retreat this september now spaces are limited so you definitely want to reserve your spot my friend i believe this is really going to be a transformational weekend for you so don't miss out this opportunity in this last part of the conversation we talk about a few things that are often overlooked because they may be a little uncomfortable to talk about like being able-bodied the role of femininity in our lives, and even privilege, and what that looks like when we're comparing ourselves to others.
1: I mean, I would say that having more to show for my life than my body has been a really great shift for me. So focusing on my gifts, the way I share my time, things that my body leads me to do that aren't necessarily body centered is where I get my personal confidence. Then slowly my gratitude starts to grow for having this body and this vessel that allows me to have these different experiences. And I've approached the relationship between me and my body in a new way, which is really important to me. It's really helped a lot.
0: Yeah. I like how, how you're saying that I know for myself with the gratitude, Um, I do the same around my body. And I think that started to um, really come to the surface when I started to recognize my hands and Mm. the usefulness of my hands to play the piano. Oh, I love that because you're creating and you're doing and you're helping. and, And it was one of those things where it was like, if I lost something about myself, Or, you know, what would I least want to lose? And I was like, my hands. Because, Mm -hmm. and and for many reasons, but for me to play the piano. Um, But then of course I can see YouTube videos all day long of people who have all sorts of ways of playing musical instruments other than the way we have been taught to play with our hands. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, feeling comfortable with our bodies but also having gratefulness around what I do have and the abilities that I have with my body and that it, it, it houses gifts. And yeah. And if I really, you know, think about it even more, thinking, you know, if I lost the ability to play for some reason like you know something happened to my wrist or my hands, you know, how would I then still be able to view my body um, as something beautiful? Have you ever thought about that?
1: Well, yes, quite a bit. So I I was going to say at the beginning of our conversation, and I'll say it now, the fact that you and I are having this conversation really elicits a certain level of privilege. You know, we're able-bodied. We are not too many degrees separated from what kind of like a norm would look like in our society. We're able-bodied we um we're white. Yeah. Do you know what i mean? So i think when we speak about bodies we're speaking about the way that they look and the way that they're perceived but the way that they work is such a gift that we don't often talk about. So understanding our privilege when we go to speak on these issues and that we get the chance to focus on the amount of cellulite we have or what people think of us when they see our bodies is privilege in itself, because we're able to be seen, we're able to be heard, our bodies matter. And every degree that we separate ourselves from those standards, the harder it becomes. And and it is hard, it's systematically hard, it's personally hard, and it's hard in every other way. So that that was a really good point. And I'm glad that you said that, because I don't want to come off like we, like we don't Understand that you know, mm-hmm.
0: and I love. That's why I love you. I <laughs> really, seriously. Um, I you know, there as I've been getting healthier um, in my in myself, I have had more compassion. Um, I think I was really shut down for a really long time, and even though many people would perceive uh, in my work that um, I'm still functioning as as I would. I really was shut down but as I've gotten healthier my my levels of empathy and compassion um, have really raised and I see people more than I've ever seen them before and when I say right. that I, I mean like I can walk by a person on the street that has a facial expression that looks really forlorn and immediately I you know I'm in tune with that or I see someone that is not able-bodied but is like super super like exuberant and I am in tune with that. Or I see someone um, who like all things. And I feel like so oftentimes we are so inwardly focused about ourselves and our bodies and our lives. And yet there are people who are as magnificent as we are, you know, equally magnificent and look so different and their right. bodies work so different, and their minds work so different, and um, the color of their skin is different, and the way they speak is different, and um, and I feel like sometimes, yeah, like when we are comparing ourselves, it's so easy to get caught up in like, you know, saying, um, I'm looking at, you know, a woman who is a plus size, white, middle class, that's my, you know, that's where I fall, and, right. um, and, and yet, you know, just realizing how beautiful I am and then realizing how beautiful someone else is that looks vastly different from me. Exactly. Like having space and holding
1: space for everybody in our society is is our main downfall, right? And it's this need for perfection, which lately has been disguised as this need for health, you know? Everybody's concerned about everybody else's health. (laughs) and our value systems are so grounded in these normative irrelevant standards of how acceptable we are and each degree separates us from that ideal and the less privileged we are when we talk about our bodies and confidence we're also talking about privilege and power which Mm -hmm. people kind of disassociate because it makes us feel uncomfortable and it's another disguise for using self-loathing to better control us basically it's fueling our consumerism are not-enoughness, Are needing more, and it dictates how we spend our money, how we work, how we love who we are, how compassionate we're able to be. It dictates everything.
0: What do you think that the world um, or society is, is doing to, you know, encourage those norms?
1: I mean, I, I really think that society on the whole isn't doing much because we're still... We still see women and bodies from the vantage point of the male gaze, which is what we've always been taught to do and what we've always kind of just like inherently done. Um, but that's kind of a systematic power that is brought to us at a very, very young age. And it enforces the notion that girls should be obsessing about how they look and how we can better serve men while everybody else is busy progressing, right?
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: that inherent need. Um, sort of of self-loathing, it kind of, it kind of is twofold. So it's a compare, it's this whole system of comparisons of why we should inherently hate ourselves, while society offers up costly solutions to buy back our self-worth. So it's that kind of rat race that everybody is on right now. So whenever I see somebody who's doing something different, sharing their body differently, understanding that our relationship with our bodies can be totally autonomous in a way. It's a way to combat that kind of consumeristic, patriarchal
0: society that we, that we live in. Mm-hmm. So what do, you, what do you think we can do to change that?
1: We can fearlessly be ourselves. Just allowing ourselves to be vulnerable and imperfect and getting to experience uh, the world that we live in to the best of our abilities is really a reclamation of our power, especially as women. And by having gratitude for our bodies and being, and kind of seeing them as a loving and nurturing home for our existence is kind of the ultimate take back of our power, which I. I really am aware of now.
0: So it's interesting because you know there's a view of femininity and masculinity, and as women, um, you know we are are taught what we should look like. Right. And and if you don't fall into that norm, um, and boys, you know, are are also dealing with. This as well, you know. Um, if if a boy is too feminine, then something's wrong with him. If a, if a woman or a girl is too masculine, then again, what are your thoughts around femininity, masculinity, all of that stuff? Well, for me, the the ultimate
1: peak of personal femininity for me is whichever way you naturally feel in touch with your feminine side. So I can't get enough of how much better society is getting at this and letting women define their own femininity and how that can ultimately connect them with their own female power and getting in touch with that not allowing certain norms to influence us is the it's the way of stepping into that female energy and same for male you know I think a lot of toxic masculinity is being is being bred all over the world right now and kind of getting hold of your feminine side and being able to be soft and powerful or really whatever that means to you, but stepping into that energy that nurturing loving
0: abundant energy
1: is going to save the world. Honestly.
0: Mm -hmm. When I think about, you know, femininity in, in a, not necessarily in my body, but just in Mm -hmm. general, I think about, you know, Uh, knowing how to cook, knowing how to run a household, um, you know, all the things that are associated with just being a woman and being gentle and meek and, and quiet and submissive and all of the things that I am not. (laughs) Um, I I think about that all the time because I'm like, I am generally can be a bossy person. Um, I'm, you know, I can't cook. Why? I can. I can. I. I, My my motto is like I cook to live. You know, like. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) And if you like want good food, then go to a restaurant. But if you like want to survive, you can eat my meal. You know, like. And I. (laughs) So. Oh my gosh, I love that. But it 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 was hard. (laughs) It was hard for me because, it made me not want to host people because I didn't live up to what other women were doing. I didn't have that perfect looking place where people could come and I could host them with the this beautiful table, this beautiful food. Uh, I, it made me feel less like a woman, less feminine. And so I would overcompensate by doing other things that would make me feel Womanly. Surprisingly, I say this. My name, Andrea, means womanly. Which
1: is how interesting is
0: that? Yeah. Anyways, that's just a whole thought. So sorry,
1: I cut you off. But your 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 power is in your name, so you don't need to be able to cook because you're Andrea and you're already womanly. None of that means anything. You know, I'm living in a household in a marriage where my husband is the primary caregiver of our children. He is somebody who takes care of our home. He's somebody. He's the more A compassionate empathetic person between the two of us and I'm running a business and I have to be a little more stern and a little bit more masculine energy and having that in our house and having that that some that people around us can kind of see and judge has been really interesting to see what you're tapping into in other people's um, existence basically you know you kind of can get a gauge of what people feel in themselves by how they're judging other people and you know I've had I've had men come up to me and tell me that I'm a little bit too scary I've had women ask me how I think I'm gonna I'm gonna keep my man given the fact that I in, am in a larger body and that I am not at home cooking and cleaning people's perception of these things are so shocking. You know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's something that we know day to day, but it's not until you get the full picture that you realize just how powerful it is to do things differently and not associate that with your feminine or masculine energy and know that that's not where your power is held anyway.
0: Mm -hmm. When I was um, working at a church, um, this was years ago now, but um, I would run the Sunday services and that's a it is a very male-dominated field. Um, yeah. so being a woman in a church, you know, ministry position, um, and being bossy, which I am. And I would remember hearing back from the sound person who was a male, and he would say things. Um, to people like oh Andrea you know and he would he was joking about it but he'd say stuff like oh Andrea you know she really knows what she wants but you know she sure can be bossy and I thought to myself you know like you would never say that about a man you're only saying that because I'm a woman and just because I know the sound I want and the things I want on the stage and how I want this to go doesn't necessarily I mean doesn't necessarily make me bossy it just makes me aware of of what I want. And I think that the the awareness of of what I want in my life has um often turned people off.
1: Well it's the consideration of yourself, right? So Mm -hmm. it's 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 the ultimate I mean get out of here to all the men that who've been systematically raised that way. Do you know what I mean? So having power is, is very scary for people. For you to not hate yourself or to diminish yourself for somebody else's kind of self-worth, it's a very scary thing for a lot of people and especially a lot of men because they don't have a lot of examples of that. Mm -hmm. So by you and I talking like this and by me putting photos of myself on the internet, I, I we're trailblazing in a way, you know, we're saying that it's okay for us to have power and we're not going to diminish ourselves to make anybody else feel more comfortable around us.
0: Yes. And, and it's okay that if you want to do something that I wouldn't do, that's okay too. And I, and I yes, feel like there's often times where I will, you know, be perusing through social media and I'll see someone who posts something and they, you know, the trolls are out and they're, you know, commenting. and I'm like, good grief. Like, you know, stop badgering this person, you know? Um, and a lot of times that is just their own fear speaking about themselves, not about the person. No, but themselves. No.
1: Um, I, I try. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. I, I always think about that. If I have a certain kind of judgmental feeling about somebody, whether it's in the way they look, the way they dress, what they're saying, the things that they're doing. If I go back deep enough, there's either some kind of uh, something in me that is reflected in them, right? So I'm not enoughness. I want what they want there's a level of jealousy and all of that can only be handled within myself. Right. So yeah, I, I totally connect with that. Seeing people and going like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe, you know, they did that. It's like, what I'm really saying is, Oh, I have work to do there. So let me get back to you.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're like, how about I hold off in commenting until I get my own stuff together. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. How, How for you, are you going to continue um, your own personal work around body confidence about being, you know, not only just confident in your body, but confident in your gifts, in your skills, in who you are, in how you think, like, how are you going to continue to do that?
1: I'm, you know there's a certain level of blinders, I call them, that are required uh, to do that. I had this epiphany earlier this year that I can control better than ever before what kind of media and what kind of messaging I allow in my day-to-day. So on Instagram, this is especially true, but unfollowing accounts that make me pause or question my self-worth, has given me the space I need to be able to retrain my habits. And I'm not saying that those people are doing anything wrong, but like we just talked about, if they're either negatively or positively allowing, like uh, dictating the way I feel about my body, then that's a great indicator that I have work to do there. So there's no shame in allowing what feels good in and empowering in while restricting the stuff that's problematic for my personal journey right now, but intentionally editing what I see has really helped me refocus my relationship with my inner self. That being said, I want to get to the point and I am striving to get to the point where my worth is so inherent and it has very little to do with my physical form that no matter what comes at me, what I'm seeing, what impacts my day, my relationship with myself is so tightly tethered that it it's unwavering. That's what that's what I'm striving for.
0: Now, for women, girls um, who are maybe struggling with their own confidence, their own body confidence, their own self-confidence, what would you say to them?
1: Um, I would tell them to stop focusing on their appearance and start exploring their mental health, how you feel, how you think. I never understand why we behave obsessively about our relationships with our bodies, and it's never called out for being a pattern of our minds. Um, it's this acceptance, accepted truth that it's normal to be in constant war with ourselves, and that's a construct of self worth. And we need better representation of women so we can adopt a way of, like, a broader view of what somebody who loves themselves, irrespective of what's going on outside of them, looks like, and less about measuring up to women, even when I see plus size women, even when I see different representation of women, what I'm striving for is that confidence and that relationship with myself. I'm not looking at their bodies and comparing mine to them, which has really been freeing. So getting women out of their bodies and into their minds is for me a way of combating that.
0: What if they are in a position where their body serves their income mm. interesting like in what example, way um maybe it's a you know, an artist a an actor a model um anyone who is photographed for the purposes of selling a product or selling what they do or um, you know what I'm saying? Like where it's it, yeah, where they're going to be hired based on what they look like.
1: Um, yeah, that that's a hard disassociation because we are relying on our physical form to basically take us through our lives and give us abundance and do all of those things. So, but I also think that you know there are a lot of very beautiful quote unquote like just gorgeous people in the world and not all of them are models and not all of them are actors but whenever somebody's given those types of positions there's an undeniable inward spark of these humans right
0: mm-hmm. everybody
1: looks at them and their their eyes are twinkling and they they have they attract you in a way that you've never been you've never felt attraction before and i would argue that you know sometimes that can be as a result of the physical form But it's a people's self-confidence and self-worth and what allows us to propel ourselves in in our work and in our lives is that spark. So, you know, you can be physically quite beautiful. That won't take you the full way. And you can be physically, I mean, less desirable and have an amazing, awesome career and life. So I'm not sure it dictates it, but I also think that there's more that we feel and that we perceive about people than just how they look, even if we're not accounting for those feelings.
0: Mm -hmm. So basically, at the end of the day, do you? Totally. You know, totally. And you're gonna,
1: you're gonna do it differently, right? That's everybody's power is that like, you're you, I'm not you, there's no other you in the world. So we can get so bogged down by well, that person's doing that. So I can't do that. Well, that person's thinner than me. And they run this thing that I also run and they're going to do better than me. Well, not, not necessarily, you know, let give yourself an opportunity to prove yourself wrong. Just be open and vulnerable and see where that takes you. I, I would challenge everybody to do that because I've done it. And guess what? I, nobody, nobody has shut me down. I've not gotten one bad comment. Everybody's asking more about the topic and the issue. People are feeling freed and vulnerable when they look at me and a year ago, I would have never believed you. I would have never believed that putting my gift out in this way would help other people too.
0: And I love that you have, I think it has been, um, such a, a great reminder even to me to, to do the work, you know, that Good. that I, I want to continue to be, um, pursuing, the best, Andrea. You know, Um, right? And 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 when I say the best, Andrea, like I I fall into perfectionism, which is difficult. So when I say the best for me, that now means the best imperfect, perfect, imperfect Andrea. You know, like grace. Totally. So much grace. Like you know, when I fall short on days where it's like you know I got out there, I did it, uh, or I tried and I failed, or you know, I fell short this day, but I was, you know, really funny, you know, like, um, totally. It's loving all of those things about myself. And then also seeing the value in, you know, my friend and in the girl beside me and in the girl, you know, that I'm seeing or following on social media and, and in believing that my value will never be enhanced or diminished by. Anyone else it will only ever be enhanced or diminished by me.
1: Right. More is more is more is more. There is
0: room for all of us. There is, there is enough, you know, <laughs> and just saying that exactly, you know, there is more that it, it doesn't matter. Um, you know, what lane you're running in, as long as you're running your own race and, and,
1: and people it, yes. And people talk about these limiting beliefs, right? Like we talk about, when we talk about business and when we talk about anything that has to do with anything other than our physical form, Mm -hmm. we're like, no limiting beliefs, reach for the stars. It's Like put that onto yourself, you know, you're worth that. And you're never going to get to that next level
0: if your vessel isn't loved and taken care of. Absolutely. So before we go, I want to just ask, what does self-love mean to you?
1: Uh, For me, self-love is anything that celebrates the spirit of your being and anything that fosters a connection with yourself that transcends your physical form. So I think a lot of times people think about self-love and body confidence as a way of celebrating their physical form. But to me, it's the acknowledgement that the fire inside of us and what shines so bright and what attracts people to us and what allows us to have so much love and compassion for ourselves is outside of our physical form and it and it is just so deep and so true and so tied to everything perfect in this universe that nothing can make it waver which is an important lesson for me it's meant a lot to me
0: i love that i love how you're able to explain it um your thoughts around it and just honestly i feel so honored that you know a few years ago now I met you and that, you know, I get to just kind of do life with you, even if it's from afar. You're such a wonderful, wonderful human being, Tanya.
1: Oh, thank you. And I love what you're doing in this space, telling people stories and allowing all of their vulnerability and life to come to the surface. All of us watching and all of us listening are learning so much. So keep going.
0: Well, thank you. Now, if people want to connect with you, they want to find you, what are you up to these days and where can they find you?
1: Um, My personal handle that I do a lot of my self, self-worth self and body talk is Mama in Bloom, M-A-M-A-I-N-B-L-O-O-M. Um, other than that, I'm still, still at County Collective. If anybody wants to come to the county and check us out, we have an Airbnb. You can come stay and shop and hang out and we can talk all about this stuff if you want to (laughs) Uh,
0: yeah and you know what that's the thing is you go into the shop and you will talk about that
1: (laughs) oh i I just i'm learning about personal boundaries and it turns out uh, i don't have many
0: (laughs) (laughs) you know what i i feel like though when women do show up there that you are a very safe place for them to be able to process through of the things they're thinking about and you know you holding space in the world for that for people and for yourself is a really beautiful thing so i really appreciate that you have taken the time to talk with me and also for you know just other people to you know get another glimpse into what it looks like to love themselves their bodies um, and, and really just kind of own who they are so thank you so much tanya Thank you. Well, friend, I hope you've loved this episode of The Courage Cast as much as I loved recording it. I am honestly taking away so many amazing things from this episode. I feel like I've been enlightened, like I've been challenged to see myself in a whole new way, and I want to encourage you to do the same thing. Ask yourself the hard questions and really begin to love yourself because that is where all of the love the relationships in your life will stem from is directly from how much you love yourself. And I want to thank Tanya for being a guest, for sharing her wisdom, her journey, and her story, and how powerful it is when we can do it together. So Tanya, thank you so much. And If you're ever in Prince Edward County, make sure you hit her up at County Collective and say hi and have a conversation with her. And of course, all her details are going to be located on the show notes today, which are at thecouragecast.com. Friends, I love to hear from you, so make sure you connect with me. And if you're interested in joining me on the retreat in September, make sure that you check it out over on my website, which is at andreacrisp.ca. Friend, I love you so much. Thank you so much for being with us today. Until next time, remember, you have everything you need to live bravely. If you like this episode of The Courage Gas, we'd love to hear from you. Leave us a
1: rating and review, and while you're there, hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. Original music and production by Stephen Crilly.